Hello everybody and welcome to the UX Research Club, the podcast that is dedicated to the rising field of user research. This is Emmanuel, your host, and I'm so pleased to be with you today. Who is this show for? It is for everyone, actually. Everyone interested in UX, product development, digital transformation. Whether you are working in a large organization or a startup, this podcast is for you. You can also find a lot of information about user research by reading my book, Practical User Research, which covers how to integrate user research to your product development. Details will be in the description of this podcast. I would like to thank everyone that is listening to this podcast and especially the people who are sending me message and sharing the podcast on their social media. This podcast is not only to evangelize UX research, but also to support the UX research community. I'm doing this on the side of my current work, and it takes quite a bit of time and energy to create, record, edit, and release the episode. So if you like, or if you want to support the UX Research Club, you can start by giving some stars. We really love stars. You can also talk to your colleagues, friends, and team members about the UX Research Club. You can also write a review and share it on your social media, inviting people to listen to it. And you can also buy me a coffee. The link is in the description of the podcast. Here we go for the part two of how to run your UX research project. In the part one of running your UX research project, We looked at the importance of the analytics as a starting point. We looked at how to prepare your discussion guide and why it is important. We also looked at at when you start to the participant recruitment and refers also to the episode five and six of the season one, in which I was talking about participant in more detail. We talk about running the qualitative session and we discuss the data storage and the related topic to the data protection. So today, we are looking at the analysis of the data, extracting the main findings, preparing the presentation, and sharing it with your stakeholders. So now that you have collected your data, it is time to analyze them. Where to start? I know, it is not always possible to to time constraints, as we generally need to provide findings from yesterday. I would still recommend to go back to the raw data. Listen go through the video, audio, or notes. If you could have a transcript of your session, it would be very useful. With the evolution of the new technology, you should be able to get the transcript of your sessions. But it doesn't mean you should not go back to your raw data. Once you have the data, where to start? I personally prepare an Excel document with the main theme that I wanted to cover. They are coming directly from my discussion guide. Why an Excel? because I can add rows if new theme emerge from the data. The Excel is quite flexible. The Excel document should have input related to what works well, user needs, motivation, comments on how they perform uh, the task, any observation, any important comment that the user expressed during the session. Every column should be separated, participant one, participant two, participant three. But all your rows should have all your theme and also room to include and incorporate new theme. If you have the transcript, I would highly recommend that you can copy and paste quotes from the transcript. 
into the Excel. I would also recommend that you capture the time in which the quote is located in your video. That will help you to find the video clip if you want to add them to your presentation. This will save you a lot of time not having to rewatch the whole recording when you are looking for a clip for your presentation. Once you have reported all your data and the main comments into your Excel document, I would also add the comments from your note takers. It is very important to also add their point of view. I will also go back to the data because your brain may be playing you or your note taker. Sometimes you think you saw or hear something, but actually when you go back to the data, it is not there. Trust me on this one. This happens much more than what you think. Once you have all the data, I try to zoom out, reflect on what I put into the Excel. I use a board or post-it or a mirror board or equivalent in which I can start putting the finding keywords to summarize the detailed finding from the Excel. As the post-it starts recovering the board, theme emerge. Similarities and differences across the participants start to be clearer. Also, it is always good to put things that you didn't expect. I always put a separate theme, a post-it, where below I can put all the things that I didn't expect, which came completely out of the blue. And it's very important because these are very precious findings. If you are doing a discovery, you really need to let your data talk to you and try to avoid preconceived ideas. I mean, let the themes emerge. Do not start with your preconceived ideas. What is important is to identify user needs motivation, perception, likes, dislikes, suggestion, etc. If you are doing a user testing session, the main topic will be related to first impression, discoverability, search, layout, contrast, understanding of what needs to be done, user journey blockers, content, terminology issue. Do people understand the instruction on your screen? I will also add the SUS uh, the system usability score at the end of the session. I think it's quite important to test the usability. I will also add the general feedback, suggestion from the participant, as well as all the other themes that have emerged from the session. Once you have all the themes and categories on your board, you can organize them and also note the ones which are occurring across the participant. Once your board is well organized, zoom out. Look at what is there. Go back to the main objective of your research. What was the hypothesis? As well as the high-level research question that you had in your research plan and as well in your discussion guide. You can organize your board and add as well the objective and the questions, the research question, and link the finding to them. So like that, you've got a clear organization of your main hypothesis, your main research question, what are the answers, and also what you didn't know, what really emerged from the sessions. Once I have all the data organized on the board, it may take a bit of time. It doesn't happen like in one hour. You need a bit of time to really organize everything. Okay. Then I open a Word document and start documenting the overview of the findings. So it's quite structured, where I start with the background, the objective, the research question, the participant, how many, the profile, location, etc. You may have identified different group of users based on their motivation, the context, the demographics, etc., etc. There is no uh, preset 
way of grouping your participant, this will emerge from your data. So you've got your different type of participant. Then after you can mention the methods that you've been used. Then I can start presenting the findings. So I document the findings and I always start from general to specific. Generally, the findings are presented in the order of your discussion guide because your session follow more or less the same structure, hopefully. Once you have documented all the overview of your finding, ask yourself what are the top three findings which are very important. What would be the main impact of those findings for the design and from the product development? What did you learn? If you had only three minutes to present the three main findings, what will it be? What will you be sharing? What do you think is important in your data which will have a clear impact for the business, for the product, and for the design? This is the moment where you need to start thinking of what you would like to share with your stakeholders. So it takes a bit of time because you start documenting everything, all your findings from general to specific, different theme, what you knew, what you didn't know, what was the user need, the motivation, etc., etc. Blockers with the design, uh, blockers through the process and the user journey. But one thing is clear, then you won't be able to share every single details. A big mistake that most of the researchers are doing, they try to share too many findings with the stakeholders. So you need to be very concise. What are the most important findings which will have an impact for the design, for the product, and for the business? This will really help you to start thinking of a story because you just can't turn up and present and bombard your stakeholders with a lot of data, quant, qual, you know, mixed methods. It's a lot of information. Don't forget that your audience is not a research audience. So you need to be very strategic on how you are going to convey your findings. And the best way to communicate your findings with your stakeholders is to tell a story, to simplify the findings and to tell a story which is going to be meaningful to your stakeholders. So before telling your story, I will recommend that you try to simplify the findings. Make it as simple and digestible as possible. Once you have all your findings, you can start working on your recommendation that will have a clear impact on the business. I won't put like dozens of uh, recommendations. Generally, I put three, four max, because it's very difficult for the business to actually act on everything. So what I do, I've got the simplification of the findings. I've relayed those findings to the original objective, the high-level research question. I, of course, uh, give more information about the user need, because this is very important to be on the spotlight. Any blockers which have actually got some impact, negative impact on the business. And then I make some clear recommendation that could be action by the design and the product. Generally, once I've got all my findings, a high-level findings, I start drafting some top headings that will be helping to shape my presentation. I do that on a piece of paper. It's very like uh, uh, scrappy and things like that. It's just to help me to put my thought together. What do I want my stakeholder to know? Okay, what do you want them to do? What do you want them to learn? This is what drives my storytelling. 
always try to remember what do they need to know, what do you want them to do, and what do you want them to learn. This is super important. Once you have all those information and the line of your story, you can start creating your deck. Don't start to create a deck too early, your presentation, I mean. Don't start too early. You need to have a clear story on paper, just with the heading, to have a good flow first. Otherwise, it will start to be far too long and it's how you end up with 50 or 100 slides for a presentation. You don't want that. I'm a bit the type of a minimalist person when I present findings. I rather present less, but it's actually more because I can be guaranteed and actually the stakeholders are going to act on it and prioritize those findings. So when I start creating my deck, I try to think, okay, I need to do something which is going to be easy to understand, easy to digest, that the stakeholder is going to go through it at ease. Because complex, crowded slides, it's not great. Okay, people, I don't even open. If I see a deck which is crowded, lot of colors, lot of animation, lot of things happening, you know what, that really put me off. So I just imagine the people, stakeholders, who don't have much time. Do you really think they are going to go through your deck? So we need to be very careful of how we strategize the layout and how you want to convey the information to your stakeholders. Everyone got their own style, but we are researchers. We are not creative people. I know people who say, yes, but we are creative. We... This is not a job. We are hired to provide findings which are reliable and valid. We are not here to prepare a deck which is amazing from a design perspective. So my strategy is always to be minimalist and to provide straight to the point findings with context and interpretation. One general guidance will be to keep remembering what you think is the most important thing you want your stakeholder to take away. If you present your finding, let's say for half an hour, they won't pay attention for the whole 30 minutes. So what do you want them to remember and take away? So. A lot of people say to me, yes, but they're a product team. They understand everything. This is their product. Don't assume that everyone in the product team will understand the whole context of this project. So what I recommend is to identify who is your audience, who is going to be there for your presentation. But if you want your project to be impactful, you need to have in your mind that it's not only the product and specialized team which is going to use your report. It is going to be anyone in the organization which is going to value your insight. So it is very important to make it digestible and understandable by everyone in the organization. A piece of advice, don't expect even the product team to have a domain of expertise. Do not assume they know. I always start to provide some context and background when I present some findings. The objective, the high-level research questions, then I will add the approach that we took to collect the data, the participant, what was the strategy behind it, why did we want to do it. Then I will move straight to the findings, starting with what we already know from past research. Then I add the data analytics, if we have any, to answer the how much, how many, just to give some context. What stand out from the analytics? Then I start presenting the finding from the qualitative research. If we had previous survey, I will add them at the beginning. It's still part of the context. If you got survey from the inside team, I will add them 
if it's related to this project. Then I start presenting the finding from the qualitative research. I like to document the user journey, idealistic one, if it's appropriate. I will also document the reality. And it's quite powerful when you have, this is the ideal uh, user journey. And then underneath you put, this is a reality where you add blockers, how many steps it takes, much longer than expected, etc., etc. And I put it visually because it's quite powerful to present that to your stakeholders. If you conducted a SUS and you've got the result, I will highly recommend to present it after all the quant and the background data. And then I will put what we are aiming for and what is a realistic score, number of participants, and also to explain what is a SUS. And it is not a survey. It is a 10 uh, item to identify the usability, and it is a score. I may also create one slide per screen with all the detail of what happened. For example, if it's working well, generally I use a, a severity scale, so red, orange, yellow, and uh, green, and I present the findings and I will put like a screenshot and I will make sure that it's clear to explain what happened, if there is any blocker, what works well and, and not working well. I will use uh, the severity scale with uh, red, orange, yellow and green, which is going to help the prioritization after. So, I mean, everything red is a massive blocker, so they have to act on it. So there will be a lot of details with some recommendation. You don't have to put all the slides. So if you got a presentation, you can have all the slides ready and put the detailed slides into the appendix. And in the heart of your presentation, you will just say, we identify issue one, issue two, that work well, that is not working well. And the detail can be in the appendix. You don't want to overwhelm the audience with too many informations. So in the heart of my presentation, I will put high-level finding, top finding are all documented with details in the appendix. So I'll put a link into my slide so we can after go to the appendix to get the details. I will add uh, one or two slides with recommendations, really maximum, yes, two slides and probably uh, three or four recommendations per slide, but I don't want to overwhelm the audience with too many recommendations. I want to make sure they act on the most important recommendation. I will also add a slide with the next step, which could be further research. We need to retest something, etc., etc. And then at the end, I will put a conclusion. Actually, this is something I keep saying in all the deck everywhere I've been working. Many people tend to forget the conclusion. And the conclusion is important because the conclusion, you restate the objective, you restate some of the findings, you restate the recommendation. So it's quite important to summarize everything in the conclusion. Once all the structure of your deck is done, I will prepare one or two slides uh, with the executive summary. Keeping in mind that not everybody will have the time to go through all your deck. So if you want senior leadership, senior stakeholders, C-level to read your deck, they will need to have a little teaser first. So. Bear in mind, they don't have much time. So the executive summary with two slides, very clearly presented and structured, following a bit the structure of your presentation, they should have enough information from your executive summary to make a high-level decision. So I highly recommend to think very seriously of your executive summary. So once all your deck is ready, I will go through it back and forth 
going through the slides to make sure the flow is great. I will recommend also that keeping in mind that your audience is not expert. So don't use jargon, simplify the content. If you use a jargon, please put in bracket the meaning the first time you are using it. You've got new people starting all the time in an organization. So don't expect them to understand all the jargon. So make sure they've got enough information so they can understand your presentation. You don't expect expert to attend your presentation. Another point that a lot of people tend to forget, English may be their second or third language. So simple terminology may be very useful. More and more multinational, global companies, you know, use English as the main work language, but doesn't mean that they have the full mastery of the language. So bear that in mind to be inclusive of your audience. So going to inclusivity and accessibility, when you prepare your deck, think of accessibility. You may have people may have also visual impairment. English is not their first language. They may have different needs. So make sure that you make your deck accessible to everyone. Your deck needs to be clear and concise. Font should be readable in a meeting room. Very often it is too small. Please use the same font, same size, same color. You know, sometimes I see presentation when the font is different, the color is different, the alignment is not there. So visual should be simple and clear. Think about the contrast and the font style, keeping in mind, like I said earlier, that one in 10 person have special need, had some kind of impairment and have accessibility requirements such as dyslexia, ADHD, hypersensibility to flash, etc., etc. Alignment of your content is a must. Please do not hurt my eyes. You know, try to align everything. You can use a green line to help you to align everything. Quality of the images as well are important. Embed them into a mobile or a computer if you put a video, you know, and for the content call data, edit them. Please do not just do a screenshot of the for Excel uh, charting. They look a bit ugly. Try to be a bit creative in presenting your charting to make them understandable for anyone. So simple label of the axis, give some context, explain, interpret the data if you provide quant data. Make it easy for the audience to understand. Keywords are important used in conjunction of images with strong semantics. Your deck, your presentation should be neat, clear, and represent professionalism if you want to be taken seriously and to be credible. What I also ask my team when the presentation is ready, invite anyone that may be interested, uh, of course, the core team, but also other stakeholders that may find your finding useful. Set up a meeting that is accommodating everyone in the core team, but be careful of time differences if you work in a company with several time zones. Present the finding and record the presentation because people may be on holiday, people may not be able to attend because they've got a clash, so they can re-watch the presentation. Do a follow-up with the core team, like the post-presentation, post-research, what to do next, and just try to work with them to make sure they're going to act on the findings. I also ask my team to create a shorter version of the deck and record a five-minute video with a summary of what was the finding of the research. 
And uh, that is very useful for senior leadership and senior stakeholders because they don't have the time to come to your sessions. So what I will recommend is to do this five minutes and then they can watch it in their own time. If you want the CPO, CEO and director, who knows, you know, anyone which is very busy to actually watch your finding. And after your session, please share the deck, share the recordings and make sure it is easy for people to access your findings. So I think this is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it, write a review, buy your coffee. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.